Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Oscar Andrade. You're listening to The Shift, where I talk about business, fitness, and travel. Uh, Today, I got another special, special interview for you guys today. Um, This guest... um, when 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 she came when she came to the office to do the podcast, I knew nothing really of her background, or her story, and it's interesting to find out what you can learn from people when you actually sit down, ask some questions, and find out what their backgrounds are. Right? Um, we all go through the struggle. We all have obstacles, and when listening to stories like you're about to hear right now, it kind of motivates you to really go out there and go for your dreams, believe in your gut. And give it your all, right? Um, so this podcast is really tailored to those that are just kind of questioning themselves and questioning their future and just need a little bit of motivation to push them over and to really just go after everything that they want in life. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe to the channel. Um, this is a movement that that that's happening people are shifting every day um shift forward don't shift backwards and don't shift steadily shift quickly so uh with that being said please hit the subscribe button leave a comment and uh let me know what you guys think of the episode afterward also let me know what kind of interviews you guys um would like to hear in the future um i have a couple of ideas and a couple people that i want to bring on board but Uh, Stay tuned and uh, enjoy the episode. Thank you guys for listening very, very much. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Oscar Andrade. Welcome to The Shift. Uh, Today, I got a very, very special guest for you guys today. Uh, Someone that I wanted to interview for a while. It's been kind of a struggle, but uh, I finally got it together. And uh, it's someone that I think everyone's going to be interested in learning and listening to because she is Nayeli, the money expert. <laughs> I just gave her that nickname today, and you'll find out as you guys listen on. Nayeli, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so, so, so excited to finally be here sitting in your podcast. I'm super, super proud of you know seeing your accomplishments and how I remember the very first time you told me this you want to you want this is one of the things you want to do sure. starting this year and then to see it into fruition and just see how you're you're accomplishing this is amazing so super happy to be here awesome thank you Nayeli I uh, appreciate that without further ado I just want to I kind of want to just get get into it um want to know your background story um you know you own your own business right now. I don't want to get too deep into that yet. Um, I, I want to say that for, for a little bit later. Um, Nayeli, tell me something about it. who is Nayeli? Where'd you grow up at? Uh, what was your upbringing like? You know, brothers, sisters, and, and how was pretty much your upbringing? Okay, so I, uh, I was born in Mexico. Born in Mexico? Born in the oh. city of Mexico. Yeah, born in the city of Durango. Okay. Yeah, so I was from, brought up. Uh, where my wife's family's from. Really? Yes. Oh, primas? I'm just kidding. I'm, oh, maybe. <laughs> primas are we? There you go. Uh, born in the city of Durango, and uh, uh, my parents came here when I was about six years old, okay. and uh, we originally came to L.A., Okay. so I grew up in L.A. for the first five or six years of of being here in the United States and a city called El Sereno. So anybody that's familiar with LA would know where El Sereno's at. Okay. And, uh, and then moved to Anaheim. 
in 92. And uh, yeah, been in Orange County ever since. My, I have a wonderful mom and dad that are, that are uh, still together and, you know, huge. We're super, super close family. My brother is in Texas. So half of my heart is in Texas okay. and um, Houston, Texas. And then I have a sister that's um, a year younger than, than I am. Okay. Yeah. And, and and like uh, when growing up, what were you guys like? Like low class, middle class, like growing up. Wow. Like okay. That? So yes. Okay. So let's talk about that. Uh oh. So <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny because I I I remember having you know the memories of of Mexico and just knowing that we were. Um, we were very well off. Okay. And, uh, and so for me, it was always a confusion why we, why we came here. Um, and especially coming to LA, we didn't come to LA coming from what we had in Mexico and then coming here. It was a very, very drastic change for us. Okay. Uh, I mean, we had nothing, absolutely nothing. When my parents brought us here, we, uh, we stayed at a cousin's house, a, a, faraway cousin not okay. somebody that my parents were close to and we were in a one bedroom so it was my parents and my me and my sister and my brother in one bedroom yeah um and all of you guys in one bedroom all of us in one bedroom okay. uh and we were there for i don't remember exactly how much time but we were there for a long time and we had nothing my dad yeah. you know was helping his cousin out in the painting business and so uh, I remember there was times where, you know, they would be cooking and we weren't close to them. And now I think about it and I'm like, they were really mean, you know, <laughs> they would be cooking yeah. and, and they would never, um, you know, we couldn't have anything of what they had. Yeah. And um, I remember that, you know, we'd go out in the street and my dad would leave like a dollar or something. He would leave to my mom and we'd buy, and this is back in 80s, 80s. Six, eighty, you know, and we would buy like maybe like a bread, and my mom would literally slice it in four pieces. Oh wow! Yeah. I mean, we were we. It was really really tough. We were in in a community where you know if we saw a a couch down in the dumpster, then we would bring it upstairs because we needed somewhere to sit. Like yeah, it was yeah. really, it was a really wow. really tough. Um, humbling times. Yes, very much so. We had a cardboard box, and that's what was our table, and that was obviously for the beginning. You know two years out of, you know, from when we just got here, obviously things change. And my dad was a very hardworking man. And so yeah. very, very soon after that, it was a whole different story, but that's how it was when we got here. So it was wow. very, very tough. My mom obviously couldn't work um, because she had to take care of us. So it wasn't until maybe a year into us getting here that she, you know, got a job at Domino's pizza so that she could deliver at night when my dad was already home from painting all day. Okay. And so that's how it was for, for quite a few years. And, wow. but my dad was a very, very, very hardworking man. So, you know, very, very soon after us, like a year or a year and a half, two years into us being here, then obviously he was taking care of us at a whole different level where we were able to get a, you know, one bedroom apartment. And then obviously, you know, new furniture as opposed yeah. to used furniture yeah. and just things like that. So we had a very, um, very humbling time getting here for sure and it taught me so much even though I was that young it taught me so much and but it also taught me to see what hard work does and what for hard sure. work accomplishes you know like I've always said like uh working works you know hard work works oh, it, it always does, does. It does. so does. so yeah we you know after that we did you know my dad was able to provide us with a really good home and um you know he was working 
sometimes 18, 19 hour days. He would yeah. literally come home, have a bite and then go straight to sleep. Yeah. Um, I saw my dad always in pain, yeah. always in pain. His hands were always in pain. Um, you know, it was just very, very hard labor and he did it all for, for his kids and, you know, and my mom. So, uh, that's how we grew up. But then after, soon after that, obviously my mom couldn't keep working because she had to take care of us. It was yeah. three kids driving us, taking us everywhere. And so, uh, she was mom full time, wife full time, you know, housewife full time. And she was very involved with us and, and everything that we did. And then obviously in the church that we were going to. So after that, it was, you know, it was, it was a nice, it was a nice upbringing in, in Anaheim, growing up in Anaheim. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And my dad taught us, um, how to start working very, very young. So he used to, you know, he always worked all week long. Okay. And then on the weekends, he would sell at the Swami. So anybody that's familiar with the Swami, um, yeah. like La Morada yeah. and things yeah. like that. So that's actually the Swami that I grew up in. La Morada one? Yeah, because my dad used to used to sell furniture there during yeah. the weekend. So he had his full two jobs during the weekend, and then he sold there Saturdays and Sundays. And, um, and so he would take all of us, you know, with him because he would take my mom so she can help. Sure. Sell, be talking to the clients and stuff. And my dad would, would load up things to the car and things like that. But he, they couldn't leave the three little ones at home, right? Yeah. It, we were we were nine, ten, and and twelve. My brother was twelve. So they sometimes would take my brother because he needed help. They couldn't leave the two little ones there. We have no family here. Yeah. So um they would take us along. So a year into going to the Swami, I remember I was eleven years old and I started working. I would walk around the the, the swap meet and go to the little different stands and be like, yeah. do you need a worker? And that's how I started working. Started hustling, huh? I started working at 11 wow. years old. Yeah, getting getting paid from, you know, someone else and just kind of yeah. negotiating my pay for the day. And they would Already say like, negotiating. yeah, they would say like, uh, okay, I'll give you $30 for the day. And I'll be like, well, can you give me 40? <laughs> wow, there you go. And I was 11 years yeah. old. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so that's how I learned, you know, just, the hustle and the hard work and the, you know, getting up at four in the morning to be in the yeah. Swami at five o'clock in the morning, getting in, setting up. So that was my, my childhood from like yeah. nine to like 13 so Swami you, days every single weekend. So you kind of grew up a little fast then. Very fast. Yeah. Very, very yeah. fast. Yeah. I was, I was 12 years old and I remember I was uh, the girl, I worked for the same guy for a year at uh-huh. the Swamp Me and he started selling uh, some polishes for, for the car. Okay. So I was the one actually at 12 years old doing demonstrations for the clients oh, walking wow. by. So I would I would be like speaking loud. It didn't matter who stopped or didn't. I was the one like flagging them down and say like, let me show you that real quick how this works. So you see your car. This is what it does. And I would jump in. The, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, let me just show you how this is going to shine. And I would yeah, do this. Yeah. And I was, yeah, 12 years old. Yeah. I grew up wow. very, very fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, that taught me so much. It taught me it. I mean, it taught me so much of of people and speaking to them and learning how they are. And it taught me really quickly that if somebody looked at me, you know, bad and didn't want to talk to me or told me to leave them alone, they taught me very quickly that it, that didn't matter. Yeah. That didn't matter. And that wasn't going to ruin my day. And that wasn't going to ruin my, you know, my, my hustle and my hard work at all. People are going to tell you no, right? Exactly. All the time. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and it's, and it's very okay with that. Yeah. I'm very okay with that. So yeah, that was my life. And until like 13 years old, when finally my dad was like, okay, you guys can stay home. You don't have to keep <laughs> going sometimes. But at the same time at that, by that time I loved working. Yeah. I yeah. loved having my own money because my dad sure. you know, would allow us to work and just keep our money. So uh, at times it was more like, okay, I, I want to keep going. I want to keep yeah. you know, working. So 
you want to keep buying yeah. things. And yeah, stuff, right? yeah, 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 absolutely. And I was, I was a really good saver. Yeah. So, and I was a really good salesperson. Um, and I was a really good negotiator. So if, my, if, you know, we had to do something in the house, I always like to have money because I would tell my sister, well, if you do that, I'll pay you. Wow. <laughs> I'll pay you to do my shorts. Like a true business person right there. Delegate, yeah. You're buying time. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You're buying time back in yeah, the day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, I, would, I loved having money because I could pay her to do something yeah. that I didn't want to do. So, yeah. so even at a young age, you're already used to like, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this later, but like you're already used to, in your mind, saving money and being more thrift about it, right? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. That's yes. Crazy. I, I, and you know what? That's something that I don't necessarily remember my parents teaching me. I, uh-huh. I just think that I liked having the ability to um, have the control to be able to like choose what one, what I wanted okay. and two, what I didn't want to do so that I can pay someone to do it. For sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, very, very young, very young. My mom tells me actually, she, she says that I was doing that even like at six years old. She's like, you were doing that even at six years old. I remember I would come in and I would see your sister picking up your shoes and it was because you gave her certain candy that you didn't, you know, that she, yeah. she didn't have and that you had saved or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that started very, very young. So that was my childhood. That was my childhood, <laughs> growing up in the swap meet, selling, working, um, you know, and then during the week, obviously going to school, being home, seeing my mom, my dad very late at night. Yeah. And uh, very, very uh, involved in church. That was okay. since I was 10 years old. And you're still very involved. There, and still, it's still absolutely. But back then it was a little different because we okay. were, you know, grew up in a home with um, uh, where it was church pretty much six days a week. Okay. So very, very much involved. I mean, I was part of the, you know, the choir, the, the mission, it's the groups, the youth, and anybody that grew up that way was going to totally understand the okay. kind of words that I'm using. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Catholic? very, yeah, Christian. 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 Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, very, very involved. And so that obviously kept us very, um, just very, you know, it, it obviously kept us very sheltered, but at the same yeah. time, very safe. You know, mm-hmm. we weren't out there doing anything crazy. One, we were not allowed to. And at the same time, we were always in church. So, yeah. So it kept us very, you know, at the same time, very young and very innocent in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I know it kept you young, kept you innocent, but like you still build that calluses of like, hey, look, when it comes to business, business is business. Don't take it personal, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, when I say like innocent and sheltered, I mean like in a way that I remember, you know, being in, in junior high and high school and seeing my friends, you know, getting in trouble because, uh, believe it or not, they were smoking weed even back back then. Oh, yeah. Things like that. You would hear these things. And I not once was in any of those situations because one, I was not allowed. And two, you know, being involved in church, it was always like there was a fear of not doing something that was bad or that yeah. I shouldn't be doing or uh, disobeying or so that's kind of what I mean by very sheltered and just kind of gotcha. very you know very clean I guess and not getting in trouble and things like that so yeah yeah never really never really got in trouble till oh. now just so, I know right <laughs> I know looking at you no. like man she's having fun what the heck is going never on really over here trouble. always 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 a good always a good girl so that was you know what back then I didn't understand it and I used to yeah. be like oh my parents are so unfair I can't even go here I can't go there and, um, you know, very, like in my 20s and even in my 30s, I remember thinking, I'm so happy and I'm so blessed that my parents were the way they were like that. Yeah. Way. Because there's so many things that I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't get involved in or I'm glad I didn't do or I didn't try. And so, you, you don't realize that until you're a little bit older, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And now, especially having daughters, 
Oh, yeah. 100%. You know, I mean, life is so different than when I was, you know, 12 or 13 back then. But, but yes, when, when we have our kids and we're in there in that age where we just want and pray for them not to get involved in certain things. Yeah. You know, there's only so much we can do and we can control. Unfortunately, every, you know, kids are going to have to do their own thing and sometimes realize what that's a mistake or you got to let them make mistakes, yeah, right? Yeah. You got to yeah. let them make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so now you're, you're, you're growing up, you had your upbringing. We did, um, you're in high school, you're graduating. Did you go to college? I went for seven months, seven months, seven whole months. Well, this what? is, uh, where my life gets really interesting. So, uh, I, was expected obviously to go to school and again part of the whole being sheltered thing I didn't you know I didn't date and I wasn't okay. anything like that so the very first boy that I actually start dating um he's the one I, I go get married with and I oh, okay. don't have a wedding or anything I I lope oh, okay. I lope you know um so we just we ended up getting married uh and then I remember thinking like oh my gosh what did I do Try to come back home, but my dad, my dad was like, "No, you think you're smart? You think you want to go get married? Yeah, go." Is another lesson you got to learn. Yeah, go. This is not, that's your house over there. And so, um, so at that time when I eloped and I went and got married, I was already going to community college. I was going to Cypress, so okay. Cypress College out there. And so, yeah, and uh, and I went right after high school. So I was working at Bank of America and then going to uh, school. Okay, and uh, that's right when I got married. And so as soon as I got married, um, yes, I kept going to school, but things started getting very different with the person I married. He, you know, didn't really care for me to go to school anymore. Okay. And, um, and that's kind of when I was like, I need to go back home. This is not okay, but I wasn't allowed to. So, um, uh, three months after I got married, I got pregnant for my first daughter. And so at that point, maybe I, I went to school another three months and then I, I got out of school. Okay. And so I was very obviously sick. I was 19 when I got pregnant. I was very okay. sick. So I stopped going to school um, and just, you know, stayed home, uh, quit the bank and was just staying home because I was, I was in, I was, I was really sick all the time. Yeah. And, um, and so then I started to, I was always at the library because I love reading I was always at Barnes and Nobles. If you're familiar with the area in Huntington Beach, there's Bellaterra. Back in the day, all there was was uh, Starbucks and a, a couple of other shops next to it. Now it's like a beautiful area there. Yeah. Um, so, but back in '98, there was only the Starbucks, and so I was always at that Starbucks reading all the time while I was pregnant, and I was always in Starbucks at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the girls tells me, like, you know, you should work here. You're so nice. No, no, no. I'm like, oh, okay. I wasn't showing yet, so I didn't say that I was pregnant. So yeah. I started working there, um, and I just worked there because I just wanted the free chocolate cake. So <laughs> <laughs> things no. have not changed, have they? <laughs> Some things have not changed. So I just wanted the chocolate. I was having. To, I was, but you know, it wasn't a good thing because my daughter actually was born with. Um, I had di I had diabetes at oh, the time, okay. so I developed that because of this amount of sugar that I was eating. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily a good thing, and so I worked at Starbucks for a little bit, and marriage. Say marriage was not okay though. I'm telling well, okay. you this little this this story, but marriage was okay. not good. Uh, I was so young. I I already from the m moment I married him, I knew like that's not where I wanted to be. So marriage so was not yeah. Um, okay. And but I was there because I had no other no other choice. Yeah, I have nowhere to go. And so we had our baby, and as soon as we had our baby, I told my parents, I don't care if you guys don't want me back. I'm leaving him. I'm divorcing him. 
Um, I'm, I'll go live any, somewhere else. I'm not, you know, I don't have to come back to your house. And at that point, obviously we had a baby and they said, no, no, come on. You know, you guys, you guys can't divorce. Um, so we went into a little bit of counseling with, uh, with the pastor. And then, uh, you know, at that moment, that's when I got pregnant for my second baby. <laughs> oh, there you go. Things are good again. We had, we had, uh, we had homework and it was to go and have a date. Uh, and in that one date, I got sure. pregnant for my second baby. Oh, wow. And at that point, I, I remember, I remember finding out, um, I found out three months later that I was pregnant for, and, uh, at, at that moment, I remember thinking, uh, don't worry about it. We don't have to go to counseling anymore. I'm not leaving. I have a second baby. Yeah. But during this time, you know, I'm working really hard when I was at Starbucks, I was learning how to, I was in love and infatuated with candles and I was learning how to make candles. So during that time I was learning how to make candles and, um, I knew that I wanted to start selling candles okay. during the time that I was pregnant for my first daughter. So this is how my first business Real emerges. Okay. I'm learning how to make candles, um, and I'm buying stuff and I'm in, in the, in the kitchen with stoves and pots and learning how to make candles and then making them and showing them to friends and sure. everybody's loving them. And then I'm getting creative with putting things on there. And as soon as my first daughter's born, uh, a couple months later, uh, I did. I mean, right when she was born, I did go back and I went back to the bank at this at this point. I went to the credit union instead, but I couldn't take, you know, the time that I was away from her. And I knew that I had something with when it came to the, with the candles. OK, so I quit like cold turkey. I quit. You said something in your gut. I just was like, I'm doing it. I, you yeah. know, I just at that moment, I had no fear, even though I had a two month old baby at home. I had no fear. I knew that I was that I just needed to do this. So I quit the bank. And, and mind you, I'm like, I'm 20 years old, right? I quit the bank. I go home. I start making candles. I start, since I grew up in the, in the swap me business, I understood yeah. how that worked. Yeah. So I remember, but I remember not wanting to go to La Mirada. I went to the Costa Mesa marketplace. Okay. Orange County Marketplace. And that's when I started selling candles during the weekend because that's what I grew up knowing. Yeah. So I would make the candles during the week with the my baby being home. And then on the weekend I would go and sell them. Well, you know, that picked up so well that it was a matter of time before I opened up a cart at the Irvine Spectrum. Oh, okay. And then I opened up a cart at the Brea Mall. And so my business grew that way. So um, so when the second baby was coming, uh, you know, I had no time to really stop and think that I was in a bad marriage. My All my focus was the business yeah. and my daughters. That was all my focus. Yeah. So, you know, people sometimes say, well, if you had such a bad marriage, why did you stay there three years? Three years is nothing, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, all my focus was on the business. Keep going. Oh, all my focus was on the business and um, and my daughters. So, you know, I, I have my second with my, and you know, so I'm pregnant for my second baby. I'm hustling, 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 working, barely sleeping. I honestly, I think back and I'm like, how did I do that? But, you know, I have my second baby. And, I, and as soon as I have my second baby, um, I... I opened, I started doing wholesale. So at that point I had the warehouse and as now I started selling wholesale because everybody liked the candles that I was making. Yeah. Um, at that point, right at that point, my, you know, my daughter's dad quit his job. He was, uh, he was a medical assistant in a clinic. And so he quit to come and to, you know, for the business. And so at that point we're both doing that. And, um, and so I, you know, I was just working really, really hard. I had my second baby and continued the business. It wasn't until um, maybe my daughter, my second daughter was a year old uh -huh. that I started a second business, which was bath and body lotion. So I started manufacturing lotions and bath salts and body wash and all that stuff. Cause I also wanted to go into a different area. And then I opened up a storefront at the Irvine spectrum. So the business grew really, really fast. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of work. 
you know, true. a, a lot, lot of work. work, a lot of work. I mean, I was from the moment, I mean, I was designing everything, designing the labels. And so I, I, I feel like I do have, a, you know, I love creating things. And so I do love that portion of, of a business that's just creating the looks and creating the logos and creating the aesthetics of it. And um, so my business, I was very blessed. Like it went really, really fast. Yeah. At that point, obviously you got to remember we didn't have, we didn't have internet. Yeah. We didn't have social media. We didn't have the social media. So, you know, having my storefront at the Irvine Spectrum was, you know, I remember having a line in the morning because they wanted to come and get lotions or whatever it was that I was selling. So, um, so yeah, they were like the MySpace days. Was it MySpace this is, yet? uh, this is 2002, 2001, 2002. So I, yeah, I think MySpace, I yeah, think MySpace was on, but I know I wasn't in MySpace. I was too busy having two little babies and yeah, yeah. <laughs> running a business. Money Oscar. <laughs> Sorry. You and your childish MySpace. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I remember just you know, working really hard and just, and it wasn't until my daughter, my second daughter was. Uh, two that I finally divorced because like I said all this time the marriage isn't good yeah yeah. but again my focus is all on business 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 business. my babies my babies my babies that was the entire focus yeah that was like that was your other bubble then yes that was it so yes the the marriage part was really bad um but you know in a sense I was just as soon as long as I kind of my mentality was as long as I kept my daughter sheltered and we're not seeing the chaos and you know from that marriage, then, then it's okay. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until that chaos was pretty much in front of them where he, you know, their, their dad didn't care to be aggressive or be, you know, be kind of scary in a sense in front of the girls that I said, okay, my, my sacrifice is not worth it anymore. Yeah. I'm not keeping them safe anymore. And that's when I left. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and that was a whole nother, that was a whole nother thing. Just experiencing, you know, what, when you say you grew up so fast, yes, absolutely. At 22 years old, going through a divorce, having to, you know, be in a position where I was going to be paying alimony to him, uh-huh. uh, fighting for, you know, I had already bought my first house at that, you know, at that time. Um, so the separation of assets and my business, and that was a lot. Oh, that I'm was sure a lot at it for a 22 year old. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. I did grow up very, very fast. I went through things that, you know, somebody will probably never experience and uh, things that somebody doesn't experience until they're in their thirties or in their forties or in their fifties. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, but, you know, I ended up closing my business due to that divorce. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause wow. I didn't want to pay him. Out. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just thought that it was, I just thought that it was unfair. You know, yeah. my babies were with me and even though he would, he would see, he was going to see them. It wasn't, I just didn't think it was okay. Yeah. No worries. Um, especially because at that time, you know, the business is, the business is um, basically it's, 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 you know, there's months where you make really good money and then there's months that there's the you know the off-season months especially for storefronts and things like that so um so it's not for any business the the income is not constant like that so so it's um you know i think it was just a little unfair the attorney so i yeah i closed my business i remember my my attorney telling me you have two options getting out of it. Either you pay it or you or you close your business. And I close my business. Okay. I close my business. We divided obviously the home. I bought them off and you know the cars, all of that stuff. But things got really ugly, and that's another thing that I experienced that yeah. gave me so much more. Uh, just 
knowledge and just definitely a lot more strength, a lot more, a lot more fighter in me. It's just really like seeing how people can really get, you know, I mean, it was, it was not a good, it was not a good time. Definitely. And I just, all my focus, you know, was just keeping my girls safe, keeping my girls, you know, happy in this, in the midst of this turmoil, keeping them happy and, and showing them that mommy's mommy's strong and showing them that mommy's here. Um, and yeah, you know, due to that divorce, the dad was around maybe for two years and then just disappeared. Wow. So I was mom 150% of my time. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was always like, never again. I was it was just me and my girls for a very long time. Yeah. 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 And you know, and I and I'm sure it had to do with money and I'm sure it had to do all with all of that. Till this day, you know, I can never understand how, you know, any father could be absent from like, their kid's life. Yeah. Or mom, you know, for that for that matter. Uh, I'll I'll never be able to understand it. Um, so unfortunately, you know, that is just something that, you know, we have to deal with. But and I, I mean, you're a woman of faith, so I mean, I, I feel like sometimes things like this and people like that enter into your life for certain reasons, right? To make you stronger, make your kids stronger. Um, and I think later on, I mean, I'm sure you're probably realizing now why yeah. everything happened. Right. Right. So it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like from that point, maybe you grew a lot stronger since then. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. 100%. 100%. I feel like it made me, I mean, you know, we can think about it too. We can, yes, I, I agree with you. We can think about it in a sense of, you know, things don't happen to us. They happen for us. For I sure. absolutely, I believe that 100%. Yeah. Um, there's always a side of us, you know, when we're going through it of thinking like, why is this happening? Yeah, we kind sure. of don't understand it. Um, so there's obvious you know, obviously things that we have to learn about ourselves as well. Definitely. I was very young and I can't necessarily, that that's not my, my reason or my excuse, but it's definitely, it was definitely the, the moment that propelled the person that I became and, sure. and the woman that I became for my daughter. So yeah, absolutely. For me, it was just like, okay, I never had a time to sit down and cry. I never had a time to do that for me. It was, it was like, okay, how, what's next? Like, yeah. what am I doing next? Like, how am I protecting? I always had that fighting yeah. and that's that courageous and that strength and 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 you know i think it's definitely my parents but you know god just just giving me that strength and that courage uh but yeah it was always that mentality like okay let me what's next let me protect this let me do this and like i said it was a tough time absolutely yeah. seeing how much somebody can really try to hurt you um especially somebody that's you know other of their kids but of my kids but oh for sure but yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, so. All I right. Pretty fast, huh? Yep. So, uh, now we're at this point of your your life now where uh, you you grew your business, right? Mm-hmm. You went through all the trials uh, as far as your marriage and stuff. Now, mm-hmm. um, so so where are you at now mentally after that? Like, where are you at mentally? Like now you have your two daughters. You're, you're, you're finally divorced. Every, you've gone through this. You're 22, I believe, right? Yeah, I'm 22 at the time, yeah. So so where are you at mentally, and then what's your next move? Uh, where was I mentally then, yes. like after the whole thing? Uh, I took a year off, obviously, after I closed, closed the business. I took a year off because, you know, the, it, was, it was just a lot. Okay. So thankfully, I was very, very well off. So I had, you sure. know, I didn't have to worry about anything financially. Okay. Um, so yeah, I just took a year off and, you know, taking that year off was everything that, that, uh, I could have done right at that time. Cause it just, it gave me the opportunity to just 
really take time to heal, really take time to give, you know, spend with my daughters and just kind of regain the, you know, the whole point of why all this was happening and, okay. and, and what was, what was the good part of this happening? What was good, the bad, what, what am I taking with it? What am I, what am I learning from it? And you know, what can I do now? What was my next step? What was I going to do at that point? So, um, so yeah, a year after just taking that time off, I was in a whole different place. Sure. You know, I can honestly tell you that a year after that, even though I, the dad had gone, the girl's dad had done, done so many things to me and all that had happened. Uh, there was no hate in my heart. Awesome. There was no hate in my heart. There yeah. was no anger in my heart. Uh, there was no resentment in my heart. Uh, having gone through all this, I never felt like a victim. I never felt like, you know, this is so unfair. Sure. Never. And I think it was obviously, I, I obviously can say that was all just God, you know, and and just my family, the way sure. the way we were brought up and the way we weren't brought up to to sit there and, and feel bad for ourselves. And, and it was always like, yeah. Like that, right? So yeah. yeah, so I I you know I didn't have any of these bad feelings. So not having any of those feelings, um obviously I'm always a very happy go lucky person. So sure. it you know and I'm always the positive I'm always positive. I, I choose to just believe in the in the good and believe in the in the in the positive of everything. So um I was very happy. I was very yeah. happy with my girls, even though I had gone through this this tremendous experience of, of loss and business and you know having to close this and having you know a divorce. I was very I was in a very happy place. I was happy, you know, I was with my girls. Yes, I was divorced. Yes, I had closed my business, but I was very, very, very happy. Good. Yeah. Good. So I'm very, very blessed to be where I was at that moment. So what was your next move then? Um, so I took a year off and then after taking a year off, I did reopen uh, my business. Okay. Uh, I was very strategic about how I did it, okay. obviously, because, you know, in the eyes of the court, I closed the business for, for, for a reason. Gotcha. Uh, so I decided just to go into the wholesale side. Okay. And just did like the trade shows. There's trade shows that typically for, for vendors, they, they do trade shows, you know, everywhere, Florida. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so that's what I was involved in. And I did the trade shows. I only reopened the portion of the, the bath and body portion of it. So, okay. you know, making the soaps and the body gels, bath wash. So I started doing that wholesale. Okay, so how long did that? How long did you have that one going? Um, uh, and then I, I also opened a warehouse, so I kind of did that. For, wow, a whole warehouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, of sure. course, you, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, manufactured. Yeah. yeah, I manufactured it. I wasn't just you know buying it already and then just retailing it. I was I was making the product. Yeah. So and that's what was that's what made the business very profitable. Any anytime you can manufacture something, it makes it very profitable. Um, you know, a lot more than just buying it. Because you control the cost, right? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, one hundred percent. You control everything from the from from where you're gonna you know place the product to what goes into the product, and mm -hmm. you control everything. You control everything. You can you can deliver better product to your clients, sure. you know, at, at the price that you wish it to be, rather than you know being you know having to buy something from a from another carrier that you don't absolutely know exactly what you're delivering to your client, yeah. but you're just reselling it. So, yeah. um, so anyways, I I did that for a good three years okay uh i believe it was three years yeah and then 
helped out my brother a little bit because he was a real estate broker. And that's kind of how I, I just, you know, got introduced to real okay. estate a little bit. He was a real estate broker, had real estate agents, did, I uh, was doing very, very well. Kind of like this office here. Kind of like, the, yeah, he okay. did very, very well. Um, so got me into, he, he got me into a little couple of things there in real estate and, you know, would teach me a little bit of like, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. So I would obviously, you know, bring clients to him um, and things like that. So I learned a little bit about it. I did okay. work uh, a little bit in, in a loan, in a mortgage office, but it was not, it was a direct lender. Okay. So I, I did that a little bit and I was like, no, I remember telling my brother, okay, no, this is not for me. Got out of it and went into corporate. Went into corporate. Went into corporate. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So went into corporate. And the reason I did that, you know, the reason my brother wanted to get me out of, was trying to convince me, was because I worked, again, worked really, really hard. So when I was, you know, manufacturing the um, the lotions and, and I reopened that portion of it, I was in the warehouse all the time. Yeah. I was working all the time. I mean, I had my girls, I, you know, there was a little room in the, in the warehouse where I put a TV for them. Sure. Cause you got to remember they're still three and four years old. I put a, uh, put a TV for them, little toys in there. I, I wasn't the kind that I would come, I would wait to see my daughters until 10 o'clock at night. I would bring them with me, Yeah. you know, cause I grew up seeing that as well for my parents. They would, you know, bring us along and, and I just didn't want to be, you know, apart from my babies. So yeah, yeah. it was just me and them. So it wasn't, you know, it was me and the girls. So I would bring them to the worst. So my brother would see that. And my brother would see, you know, how much work I was doing and the fact that I was with my girls. And he's like, you know, if you get into real estate, you don't have to put all this time. You don't have to be here until midnight or and one o'clock in the morning working. You can, you know, take a little easier and still make really good money. Yeah. And that's why I think he wanted to get me out of that. Gotcha. So I tried for a little bit. Um, and I did obviously bring some clients to him, and obviously I did I did get to to benefit from some great commissions, sure. right? Because I mean, we're talking about two thousand three, two thousand four. Oh man, right? Was yeah, two thousand five. We're talking yeah. about two thousand five. Uh, so yeah, so I, I got to experience some of those great big checks from just bringing clients to him. Uh, so that was fun. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that was fun. <laughs> that was fun, but. Uh, Everyone loves closing day. Yeah. But at that time, you know, the reason I went into corporate and I wanted something a little bit more stable at that time is I was, um, I was still, you know, in my twenties, but at the same time, my daughters had started school and I wanted just something a little bit more stable. Okay. And didn't want to, you know, have the same schedule that I was having for them. Um, I had them in private school and um, I just, I just thought this is, you know, I had met some great people in my, in, in my, during my business um, years that they were like, you know, you need, you need to, you need to be part of our team. Sure. And so that's really kind of how I went into corporate. It was, it was, it was the, the owners of, of certain companies and the CEOs of certain companies saying like, Hey, we want you in your team. We want you on our team. Yeah. It wasn't me just kind of like, let me look where I can find a job. It was more like inviting. I was getting invited. Oh, to work okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's really kind of how it happened. And, uh, and yeah, I went to corporate. I mean, at this, at this point, that's kind of like what was best for me. Closed, closed the, the business down because if, if I wasn't there, unfortunately the business wasn't in a position where I could just hire somebody to make yourself run right there. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. So, so yeah, I was in corporate for a while after that. I was for a long time. So how long were you in corporate for now? Now we're in corporate. What, 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 like, (laughs) What's your mind? Because, you know, when I met you, you, yeah. were, you weren't in corporate anymore, obviously. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, so I started in corporate. And when I just started, uh, I was part of the customer sales. You know, I was like a, like the, the lead for the customer gotcha. uh, service department, customer service slash sales. Um, and I was, I remember, again, you know, I was always taught, like, if you're going to do something, do it right. And if you're going to be, 
you know, be a certain position, obviously you're going to be the best, the best one. And that was always my mindset going into any job. And, um, and so then I was, when I started, that's what I was doing. That's what I was doing. The customer service. Um, I was there for, let me see, total corporate time was six years, I believe. Six years in the corporate I world. Believe, yeah. Six years. I think so. Okay. Let's see. That's not too bad. Yeah, six years. Yeah. Six years, yeah. And so uh, I got to experience, um, I got to experience when, you know, when women say there's a there's a corporate ceiling, uh, there's a glass ceiling, I'm sorry, there is a glass ceiling. Yeah. I don't know now. Obviously, I left corporate a while back and, sure. I, and, I, and I still hear it from, from certain individuals, but I definitely got to experience that myself. I, I worked my butt off, you yeah. know to try to um, get to the positions that I got to. Yeah. But I experienced the glass ceiling because, you know, when I, obviously I went from, from customer service to, to lead to manager to then a different department. I got all the way to the executive board. So I became, you know, a, um, I became a director for the company. Okay. And so we, so, and, and it was a company of about 300 employees. So I, you know, the, the board of directors was made up of 10 male and one female, and I was a female. And so to get there, it was very, very hard because it got to the point where I was already, you know, the, the, the position was available. I was going for the position against another, another gentleman. And he had one less experience that I did. Um, two had been working for the company less time. Uh, and three, I just, you know, didn't really know, didn't really know the company, yeah. the business of the company. Nevertheless, he was working for this company. And of course he wanted the position as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I, I can honestly tell you that I worked maybe four times as hard as, you know, harder than he did just to be able to have the opportunity to go, yeah. you know, to, I'm sure you to did. fight for yeah, that position. For sure. So that's when I say, you know, there is that glass ceiling and, 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 you know, we would have certain board meetings and presentations where I, when I was, you know, fighting for this position and wanting this position. And it was very evident that it was, you know, the female wasn't, it wasn't as praised as when the male would, would present or would you yeah. know, show the work or, so it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, I, I remember experiencing that. And, think, and at, at one point, I remember even thinking, I'm just going to give up. I just maybe I don't want the position because yeah, this is yeah. how I'm gonna, this is how it's going to be the entire time. Yeah. That I, I am. You know, if I get this position, this is what I'm going to experience. Then you still got to prove yourself. I'm going to experience. Yeah, I'm going to experience, you know, the looks and I'm going to experience the, you know, that, you know, you know, this or I'm going to experience the well, we looked at it, but it's not as great or, you know, and I'm thinking like, maybe I don't want that. Yeah, maybe I don't want that, you know. Obviously, I was there was a lot of reasons I was doing it and why, but but I thought maybe I don't want that. And I at one point I almost remember just giving up, thinking like I'm I'm just gonna withdraw, you know, from this race to be the director of the company. And and I remember one time I was I picked up my daughters that same day that I was thinking that I picked up my daughters from school. I had them in jujitsu, and so we were yeah they were little they were little badasses hell yeah nice because <laughs> i you know and I, i'm like my girls they gotta yeah, they gotta got learn themselves. how to def- yeah sure. absolutely so they were both in jiu-jitsu and so we were we were in jiu-jitsu i remember this day very vividly and they were being promoted that day 
and they were getting, you know, their, their medals for the next belt. And I remember just seeing their faces of the, the, how hard they work and reaching that because there was times that they would cry and be like, why do you have us in this mom? I don't want to go to it. Yeah. I don't want to go to it. And, and I remember telling them like, you can't give up. You can't give up. There's days that are going to be harder, but but once you learn this, you're going to be so happy you did. Once yeah. you get, and these were always my words to them. And I remember thinking, sitting there, their their face of happiness, and and once they reached that level, thinking like, we can't wait to keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. And that is what I when I thought, wow, I'm telling my daughters something, you know, that they need to do, and I'm completely not following your own advice define that yeah, and I'm yeah. completely you know wanting to do the opposite and where is my example mm-hmm. and the next day I came I came back harder than ever at the, at the office nice. yeah. <laughs> so the long, story short, long story short I got horse. the position yeah right. long story short I got the position so I was the director of the company um and did, did very very well and that made me obviously very tough I can tell you that Throughout my my years in corporate, and especially having that position, um, I was definitely not the the person that I'm necessarily proud to say I was. I, yeah. I, and I can tell you that now. And and now when I look at it, I, I look back and I think like, wow, you know, I was really not a nice person. Like, did I yeah. really have to be that way at that moment? I feel like I did. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I, you know, and I did well, but. But wow, when I think back, I think like I was really not a nice person. I was very, very, very tough. I was very tough. I couldn't, you know, I needed. And and now I understand that you don't have to be that person. Like I am very comfortable in my skin being a female. Yeah. And being in being in in you know in in business and being in the in the financial industry and any you know in any industry I'd be comfortable. But I'm very comfortable in my own skin. I'm not. I don't feel like I need to be. You know portraying a certain a certain personality a certain characteristic of of like maybe how a male would would perform yeah. uh, in order to to be taken serious yeah. and that's what it was at the time i felt you know a lot of the times i felt like i needed to portray this this certain aspect of of myself and maybe kind of you know the, the way a male would yeah. just to be taken serious like some dominance, right? Very so, much so. Mm. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very much so cutthroat because, you know, in the executive, in the in the corporate world, especially in the executive level, it's very cutthroat. Yeah. It's very cutthroat. Oh, I'm it's, sure it You is. don't have these things of, what's going on? Oh, okay, sit with me. Oh, with me. Oh, I understand. You don't have that type of conversations. It's like, especially where are my results, right? It's absolutely, especially yep. with an executive. It's yep. like, where is it? I need, an, I need it here. Like, it's like, it's, there's no... It's not fun and games. It's not. So it's very, very different. Yeah. It's very different. There's no, there's no softness in that, Yeah. (laughs) you know, in that position. There is no, uh, for lack of a better word, just kind of like understanding moments of, okay, we get it. Oh, you know. They just want results. It's, yeah, it's very different. Give me results. Yeah. And and maybe at least it was back then in my experience, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of great executives. Uh, Obviously, I work with a lot of business owners Mm -hmm. and I can see, uh, you know, a whole different side that I didn't get to experience when I was in corporate at that time. Yeah. I I definitely think a lot of things have has shifted. Yes. uh, In a new way. Right. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I'm still in the corporate world now. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I definitely see the shifting out on maybe um, the glass ceilings finally have been taken off. I've seen a lot of people. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. The women, like, yeah, like I said, I don't, you know, this was 10 years ago that we're talking about yeah, this, yeah. this, um, you know, going through that. But I, I do see, the, you know, the rise in, in women and the yeah. women empowerment and the, and the women breaking different, you know, different levels of different areas of different industries. Absolutely. Sure. I mean, just in the, you know, just in our politician side i mean we have mm -hmm. an outburst in 2018 of women just really breaking breaking records and just sure. you know the most women nominees and, and and women politicians going into going into into in congress so yeah, yeah sure. absolutely absolutely super happy about that so a lot of things have changed so now now you're in the corporate world you're um you're director now yeah uh obviously something happened what was the shift that that got you from being the director there and shifting into where you're at now. So while I was in corporate, okay. uh, there was obviously being in corporate, you're, you're in the, you know, in the executive board, you're being part of all of the financial decisions that the company's taking, okay. you know, place. You're also not necessarily the one deciding, but you're also exposed to what are some of the uh, financial decisions and what are some of the financial investments and what are some of the, 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 you know, the results that, that have taken place due to certain investing uh, with the company as a whole, as well as the CEOs, as well as, you know, the COOs, all of you're exposed to all of that. Okay. And as I'm exposed to all of these different, you know, um, plans, investments, losses, profits, uh, all of these things for as a company and again, as individual um, investment as well. As I am in there, I am realizing that there is so much that I never knew that I would have never learned had I not been in that position. Yeah. Especially when it comes to investment, especially when it comes to how do you leverage your money, you know, leveraging your 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 assets mm -hmm. to to more gain and to make different investments, leveraging certain, you know, certain assets. And that's something that when I remember learning, I remember learning all this. I remember thinking like, wow, why did I not, how did I not know this ever? How, how could I have really been exposed to some of these things yeah. back when I had my, when I was running my business? Sure. Cause you gotta remember when I tell you that I was doing very well and, and you know, when I had my business, my candle business and my lotion business, I'm talking about, you know, I'm 21 years old and there's, you know, a month that maybe my business made $90,000 in one month. Yeah. Wow you know, at 21 years old. So yeah. that's, you know, again, these are, these are peak months, obviously these are, you know, Christmas season months or summer months, obviously that everybody's out and about shopping or Christmas season, obviously everybody's out and about shopping. So the key, the, the peak months are where I was making, you know, very good money. And so what, you know, that's the reason, obviously I was blessed enough to be able to buy a house, putting, you know, literally almost 50% down, things like that, because yeah. the money, the money was really good. So I remember thinking like, wow, there is so much that I could have done with my money. Yeah. Had I known some of these plans, had I known some of these techniques, had I known some of these traits, you know, had I known some of these ways of leveraging my assets. Sure. And so being in that position gave me the, the desire to want to share these things with other business owners. So I knew from still already being in corporate, I knew that this is something that I wanted to do. I didn't know exactly how I wanted to do it. Gotcha. I didn't know exactly when I wanted to do it. I just know that I wanted to go into a position where I can learn these uh, techniques, traits, and, and, you know, uh, and share them with other business owners. Wow. So it so, took you, it took you that whole journey to get to this one position that you've been, <laughs> you worked your butt off for. Yeah. Yes. To, to finally find your calling. Yes. I think, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think this is just one of the things that I, that I 
you know, but I have, I have other things that obviously Obviously, I want to get into, but, but this is definitely one that I remember just thinking, wow, business owners need to know this. Like individuals need to know this, especially, you know, from the aspect of just the simple saving, the simple, you know, what, what can saving $5 a day do for you? You know, if you put in a vehicle with compound interest, thinking those things, because, you know, as, as Hispanics, as Latinos, our parents, and we're talking about this earlier, you know, off air, we were talking about how our Latinos, we don't really focus on the future. No, we, we don't. focus on the now. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing my parents. Yeah, my parents, my dad worked really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But the, the hard work was, was you know, um, paid off in instant gratification. It was, okay, I got more money this weekend. So let's go here and spend it all. Or let's buy a new stereo. Or let, let me, yeah. let's upgrade the car. It was never like, I have an extra $2,000. Let me put it in a vehicle where I can save it. Yeah. Let it, let's just let it sit there and let it grow. Yeah. It was never like that. And, yeah. and, and till this day, I still meet a lot of, of our, of my kind of, you know, mi gente, like the Hispanic people that, um, that are still in that mindset. Oh, They're 100%. still in the mindset of like, you got an extra hundred dollars, just leave it under the mattress or leave it in, you know, leave it, leave it in a little, in a little tub, like over yeah, there yeah. In, the, in the kitchen cabinet hidden. You, you, the fear of losing the money, unfortunately affects a lot more, you know, with just the, what you can make out of it when you can profit from it. Oh, and so nice. that's just our, 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 you know, growing up, I remember seeing that. So that's another, that's another big reason that I remember just in a, in a personal level, I remember thinking, yes, I was very blessed and I had experienced a lot of, a lot of things. And I knew that I I was always going to be okay. But when it came to my mom and dad and seeing them getting older and seeing the fact that they really, my dad had worked so hard and you mentioned that, you know, nothing really necessarily saved for the future. Yes, he had bought a house, but there was really nothing safe for the future, like where you, where he can say, I'm going to be okay if I want to retire at 65 or I'm going to be okay if I want to retire at 60. I have yeah. some plenty of money, yeah. you know, that I'm going to be using for my retirement. For there sure. was none of that. Yeah. It, none of that. So that was another reason that I just thought, okay, one, as business owners, when we make money, we need to know what we can do with this money, mm-hmm. how we can leverage this money and how we can make our assets, protect them, number one, and how we can make them grow. Yeah. And second, as, you know, as Latinos, as Hispanics, as hardworking individuals, how can we learn to better manage our money so yeah. that we could be be making better decisions that are going to help us in our future? Yeah. You know, because time goes by like this, like in a blink of an eye. Exactly. You know? like, we're already heading into June. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we and we think like, okay, we're, you know, we're making good money, but the more money we make, the more debts we get into, the more things we buy. Yeah. And therefore we think like, oh, okay, well, I'll start saving as soon as I pay this off or as soon as yeah, I, yeah, and that mentality time. is what keeps us the way, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. That mentality prevents us from building wealth. That's the mentality that does that to us. Instead of saying, instead of treating our savings as if it was a car payment. Yeah. Or as if it was a cable bill. Yeah. You know, instead of treating our savings like that, where it's like that cable bill of 150 bucks is coming out whether you like it or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That car payment of $500 is coming out whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know? So, but, but because we're so used to, you know, buying something that's tangible, that we can see, that we can feel then we put the the other stuff aside. Yeah. You know? You know so. what? I, I, I got to admit, uh, it, it's still hard for me. I mean, I think uh, a lot of my family views me, or at least my immediate family views me as like the person that saves and stuff. And it's hard. It's still hard yeah. for me, man. Yeah. You know, like, because I'll get this big bonus or this big commission and I see it, I'm just like, oh, I want to do this. But then I'm like, 
I literally put it all th- like it's hard for me to just put transfer to save me. Boom, yeah. right? And I'm yeah. broke all over again. Yeah. But it, uh, like I had to mentally prepare myself, like, look, you're only gonna have a certain amount of money that you can spend now. Yeah. And the rest is just saving. It's just yeah. like, boom, just stack yeah. and stack and stack. And so I'm really broke, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard to co- comprehend sometimes, you know? Yeah, well, you know, I think what makes it what can make it a little harder is when you I'm a big believer in in writing out your goals, obviously, and I'm a big believer in looking at the goals on a daily basis. So when you have a clear picture of what the goal is for those funds, then it's a lot easier. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. It's it's like when you when you bought your first house, you and your wife, your girlfriend, your fiance at the time. Yeah, I'm sure you guys you guys knew that the goal was to buy the house. And you knew that my girlfriend at the time. Oh, she's a girlfriend at the time. Okay. So you knew the goal was to buy the house. You knew that you needed a certain dollar amount for the down payment. Mm -hmm. And therefore it didn't hurt you or it didn't like make you guys feel bad. Not going to, I don't know, the weekend getaway or something, because you guys knew that instead of spending that $600 on that weekend getaway, you guys wanted to put it towards the house. So therefore it didn't hurt you. No. It didn't make you guys feel down. It didn't make you guys feel poor. It didn't make you guys feel like, gosh, broke or anything like that. It made you guys feel good yeah. because you knew you were just $500 closer to that goal. Exactly. And so when you have the goal very clear, it's what makes everything so much more easier. Sure. You know, and, and so the goal can be, I want to have $10,000 by the end of this year in yeah. my savings account. I want to have, you know you know, uh, this vacation in three years, I want to have, you know, this much amount of money in my retirement account by the, by the end of, you know, in five years, Yeah. those types of goals, when you can see the clear picture yeah. is what makes everything so much easier and so much simple too. Yeah. So much simple. It Automation is. is key. For sure. You know, when you automate everything is key. You and not notice it anymore. Exactly. Out of sight, out of mind. And that's yeah. why so many individuals, when they go into a company with, you know, with retirement accounts like 401ks and things like that, you know, it's it's easier for them to kind of save money because it's out of sight, out of mind. It's not coming. It's not in your check where now you see the $3,000, but ugh, $300 of that has to go to my savings. Like yeah. that hurts a little bit more as opposed to they just got the check for 2700 and that's how much they're going to spend. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so the nice thing is that you can do automation with a lot of different plans now that are not necessarily 401ks. So that's key. That's key. That's, you know, that can help any, sure. any individual that is kind of having a tough time yeah. getting their check and then having to deposit it somewhere else. But goals is, goals is king. I think goals are Definitely. important. If you have the goals and there's a clear picture, then yeah. it makes everything so much more simple. I think so too. Yeah. I think I think it really is. So before we get too into it, uh, uh, for for people listening out there that don't know who you are and don't know exactly what it is that you do now, mm-hmm. um, which is the person that I met <laughs> and that uh, I asked to help me with my financial yes um, stability. Uh, what what is it that that you do? Um, What's your business? The many women have. I I help, you know, my focus is obviously, it's always from the beginning has always been business owners because, because I came from, you know, I have my business and even at a very young age, you know, being an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. I know the difficulties as a business owner that, that prevent us from saving money. Sure. We put, you know, as a business owner, especially entrepreneurs, we, you know, with, with whether it's a storefront, an office and being responsible for, for other employees, we put all of our earnings into back into our business. So as business owners, you know, we put all of our, uh, we put all of our earnings and everything that we're making back into the business. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately putting back into the business, 
we, we don't allow ourselves to save. We don't allow ourselves to pay ourselves first. So, so that's why for me, it's, it's important for me to teach business owners that there is a different way of doing sure. it and paying yourselves first is very, very important and how you allocate you know, that money is very, very important as well. So that's really what's going to give you the success of the business instead of just being in a surviving mode, you know, instead of being a surviving mode, giving you the thriving mode of, of building wealth. Yeah. It's not about a hustle mindset. It's a wealth mindset. Yeah. yeah. There is a big difference, right? Huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge difference. It's, it's just what we're talking about. You know, our parents and especially in our Latino community, we, we hustle. For so sure. we're like, okay, hustle. Hustle. And there's nothing wrong with hustling. Of course it's great, but knowing what to do with that money, it's what's yeah. going to give you the wealth. So it's really about having a wealth mindset and, and really thinking of the future, not just thinking of let me hustle now so I can have nicer things right now. It's about, let's talk about the future. Let's talk about building wealth. Yeah. Not just, us but for you know the legacy that we're leaving that our kids what, what yeah. are they going to be able to to enjoy our grandkids what are you know the wealth that we're building yeah for our family no 100 percent. i totally yeah. agree with you on that because i feel like uh, i i know it's, i see it in my own community i see it with my you know my own peers and stuff and myself mm-hmm. at, at times you know yeah, or yeah. i want instant gratification you know what i mean or especially with social media now too they want oh i want to show up on your car or whatever it's mm-hmm. like it's cool, mm-hmm. but like you know, let's think about what's going to happen ten years yeah. from now, right? Is yeah. that going to depreciate? You know, um, which it is. It is a car automatically <laughs> de- depreciates. Right? <laughs> you walk off the lot and it's a ten thousand dollars. Yeah, plus. exactly. Yes, yes. So, um, for for simplicity, mm-hmm. I, I know you uh, you did um, uh, you were here at the legacy. And you were kind of coaching some of the agents here what to mm-hmm. do with their commissions. Right. So you know, for simplicity. Uh, when let's say a realtor um, closes a deal um, in the commission, just for for simplicity, it was like ten thousand right? dollars. Right. This obviously it's always pre-tax, or yeah. it's like it hasn't been taxed yet, right? So at that point, and he is incorporated. Um, what what should he do? Or what do you recommend? Yeah. So that's you know, um, it's a great question, by the way. But that is exactly where it starts. You mentioned the incorporation. You know, a lot of a lot of. Uh, if we're talking about real estate agents, if you're mentioning real estate agents, not just real estate agents, but you know, any other any other self-employed type yeah. of of occupation, you know, that they start maybe just immediately selling or making and selling or whatever the case sure. may be. When I mention business owners put their money back into the business, that's that's what happens. So when you don't incorporate and you're not necessarily knowing what to, where to allocate your money, if you get a ten thousand dollar check you know, for, for money purposes, like for keeping the number around $10,000 check, most of the, you know, new entrepreneurs put it back into their account, personal account. And so the minute that you do that, you lose all control of that $10,000. Yeah. You know, because once you put it in a personal account, you got to remember that $10,000 is not really what you earned. Yeah, Yeah. And really understand of what your earning is from that check is what's going to make the difference and what's really going to build, start building you wealth, start really building you, okay. you know, your income. So first you forget that 30% of that is, is just for, for you know, uncle Sam. Sure. You forget, we forget about that. Right. Always. So we know that at least 30, you know, 3000 to, th- you know, 3,500 of that 10,000 is not ours, but what do we do? We spend it. Yep. Cause we see the whole, we see the $10,000 check. So if we are putting it back into our personal account. We are spending money that's not even ours. We're spending money that now we're we're getting in debt to, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so 
one mistake is that we, we spent Uncle Sam's money. Second, we, you know, we don't put any money aside for any more marketing. So therefore, that's why business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs go from paycheck to paycheck and not necessarily growing their business. And two years later into, you know, into their self entrepreneur occupation, they're still like surviving and thinking like, okay, it's, it's going, I have good months and then I have really bad months because they're not investing in their business. Mm -hmm. You know, a portion of their earnings is not going back into investing on it. So that's how you go back into the cycle, you know, where you just, you're not allocating the money correctly so that you you. can survive, so that you can thrive in your business rather than survive. Uh, And at the the same time, you know, paying yourself, you're not paying yourself. So you have this $10,000 pool and everything's going everywhere. It's going into the car payment and the rent payment and this payment and that payment. And then, excuse me, and then outings and then a trip because there's $10,000 in there. So why not go spend $1,500 on a Vegas trip? So unfortunately, that's when, you know, you just are not, it's a recipe for disaster. Sure incorporating is what, like I said, makes the entire difference and changes the entire game. Once you incorporate, then obviously this, this check is going into your business account. Once it goes into your business account, then yes, you have to create different, different accounts. You create the the account for uncle Sam. So when you get that $10,000 check, it now goes $10,000 that's going into that business account. 3,500 is going into Uncle Sam mm-hmm. or, or 3,000. And now you have another 7,000. The other 7,000, maybe you want to put another, you know, 20% into back into marketing. Because again, the goal is to grow your business. Sure. So now out of that $7,000, you're putting another maybe $2,000 into, into that, you know, pool of, inv- or of marketing. And then the other money that you have remaining, at that point, it goes into paying yourself. But into paying yourself, what does paying yourself include? Paying yourself includes... Uh, money for your home, money for your retirement, money for your savings, money for your investing. So once you, you know, understanding that part is where you realize, hey, making a ten thousand dollar checks doesn't mean that I have ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it means that I probably have three thousand dollars, and I better continue working hard because yeah, I need another, you know, I need to keep this three thousand dollar checks coming in. Yeah. So that's really where the fruition of of a of a you know business of the growth of the business comes in okay really learning how to allocate these types of um, really putting these accounts in place and knowing how to allocate your money and every check that comes in sure and you know the mindset that comes with that the mindset of, of the growth that comes with that because now you're not holding on to that ten thousand dollar check or you're not yeah. holding on to that because you don't know when the next one's coming that is the worst thing to do because we're building this fear in our mind that nothing else is coming in yeah. and therefore we're limiting our mind. And, and, and I don't know if you believe in, and I'm sure you do because I, I see, you know, the person that you are, but you know, we attract what we believe. Oh, for sure. We attract 100%. what we believe on a daily basis. And if we believe that we don't know when the next pay, paycheck is coming and we believe that we don't know if we're going to have, you know, another $10,000 check coming anytime soon, that will definitely manifest no, yeah. in our lives. Yep. Yep. You it's know, that not, that we put out there. Absolutely. It's not about being reckless with our money and spending it all because we know more is coming. It's not about that. It's about being smart with your money, but continue to work and believing that obviously more, you know, there's more, more money coming in and more checks coming in. So being smart and being a good steward of your money is what really, it's what really, you know, sets you apart and sets your business apart and and allows your business to grow. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. I don't want to get too into it because I know uh, that's something that you have to really sit down with somebody and kind of dig it, dig numbers in. Yes. You know, because you are the money expert. (laughs) I want to throw it in there. Are you trading more than that so you can sell it to me later? Is that what you're doing? No, no, of course not. (laughs) I've never do anything like that. 
<laughs> you know, it's just business, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just play with you. Oh my gosh, it's funny. So, um, I was going to say, oh, I did want to comment. I know this is uh, something that you do. You're a financial planner, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and and um, you do life insurance. Right. That's one of the products that I sell, yes. One of the products, right? Mm -hmm. And and there's two things in life that are guaranteed. Now, think about this. What is it? It's uh, it's taxes and death. Correct. Right? Correct. And, and like I know we were talking about this earlier. Everyone prepares for taxes. At least some people prepare for taxes and getting ready to pay for taxes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Some people. Yeah. Some people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the wealthy do. Mm -hmm. I know for sure they do. And that's why they're wealthy. And that's why they're wealthy. Correct. Right. Um, you know, and but people don't really, I guess probably the wealthy do, but people probably like in my circles or my, you know, community, and so they don't really think about the death part. Right? Never. Yeah. Almost never. I mean, it's, it's definitely changed, but yes, that's, especially in our Latino community, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's something that we don't think about. The most that I remember or that I see sometimes where they think about it is like they'll, they'll buy a lot. They'll think like, okay, if I have a lot, I'm good. I'm good to go. Yeah, why is, I, I, I know. It was, yeah, it, it was like, um, it was something that became very, very popular, obviously, uh, a very long time ago, where it was like you bought your lot, and, and especially in our country, in Mexico, and other, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Latin, Latin countries, uh, that was it. That's all you need is your lot, right? And uh, and so for the Latino community, that's really, really popular, just buying your lot and you mm -hmm. think you're good to go. Unfortunately, that's just not the case. You know, yeah. once you get once you get to that point, you'll discover that, oh, well, that's extra and that's extra and that's extra that yeah. none of that is included with your lot. And that's even if you finish paying it. Right. So yeah. but I mean, as 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 the you know, as as markets are evolving and industries are evolving and and obviously social media has taken us to a whole different level when it comes to a lot of industries just evolving sure. and just marketing. Uh, I do see, obviously, the the awareness of life insurance, even in the Latino community where they're, they're a little bit more aware. Of, yeah. of of the importance of life insurance. For sure. It doesn't matter at what age they, you know, they get it. It's they, they realize the importance of it because it's not just, you know, the final expense. In a lot of cases, sometimes it gets to where the client, that's all they need at that point in, in their life. But it's not just the final expense for a lot of for a lot of people, it's the debt that they're leaving behind. Yeah. You know, if they own a home, they're leaving that debt to their kids. If they have yeah. credit card debt, if they own cars, they're leaving debt to, to their kids. Sure. If it's a business owner, even more of a reason to prepare, because guess what? The kids are going to be responsible not only for paying those employees, but paying the, the office, paying whatever, whatever that business is. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that you're leaving, uh, you know, as a responsibility for your kids or your, or your, you know, Mexican, whoever it is that's going to be responsible for that. Yeah. And, and that can be very, very costly. You can be putting a lot of people in debt. You can be, there's a lot of things that can happen. Yeah. And then if, especially if there's a home, like I said, and, and you have all these other things that you didn't take care of. Uh, well, now, you know, you could probably even lose the home and what you worked so hard for is now gone because it's used to pay the other things that exactly. weren't taken care of. So you think you're leaving your family, your kids well off. You're saying, no, I'm leaving this house to them. And that might not be the case. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you've seen plenty of cases where that wasn't the case, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean... At what age is like a popular age that you've been seeing people finally get policies at? Uh, at least thinking about. Thinking about, um, you know, it's very, it's very, it's all over the place. Okay. I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, the the younger, the twenty year olds, anything, anything from twenty to thirty, it's a little bit, it's a lot harder for them to grasp sure. the idea of of protecting yourself in that in that manner. 
because especially a lot of the early, you know, early twenties that I yeah. meet, they're all, you know, 100% risk. So, yeah. and, and, and a lot of the times maybe they're just working, they're still with mom and dad. They don't necessarily see the, the, the need for it. And, and you know what, 20, 30 years ago, that 20 years ago, that was correct. Okay. 25 year old living at home with mom and dad, just working and paying their, his car or her car. Maybe really no kids, no wife, maybe really didn't need the, you know, the uh, need for life insurance. Uh-huh. Uh, there wasn't a pressing time to get the life insurance, but now the game has completely changed, sure. you know, and, and you're aware of this because, you know, you're a client, you, yep. you see the importance of it. So now there's, you know, something called living benefits. Mm-hmm. So the living benefits are will change everything mm-hmm. in the game. Sure. Now that's why even your two year old needs a, a, a plan mm-hmm. because living benefits mean that if you have, if, if let's say a 22 year old has a $500,000 policy and it's a term policy so it's the most inexpensive thing you can get sure. right they're probably paying i don't know 18 dollars a month 20 dollars a month uh if god forbid that 22 year old is diagnosed with cancer or god forbid there's a stroke or there's or there's a heart attack or you know they they, they lose you know their ability to walk or their ability to to get dressed or to feed themselves now they have access to five hundred thousand dollars that they can tap into yeah to continue living to continue taking care of themselves, and it has happened. And it, oh, absolutely, absolutely. The, the the you know the new uh, the new uh, survey that came out for 2019 is that from the ages of, of 18 to I believe 30, I forgot it was 36 or something. That is the highest percentage of cancer diagnosis. Oh wow! And not only that, now there's one of four people that will be diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. One of four. I mean, we had two more people in here. We would know for a fact that one of us is getting well, diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, get it, yeah. So, you know, the these these numbers, unfortunately and sadly, keep growing. At the same time, the survivor, the, the survival rate for cancer also keeps growing. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means that I could potentially be diagnosed with cancer, but I will survive. Right? I will survive, and that just means that. I'll probably be, you know, home. I'll probably be going through chemo. There will be a lot of things during that diagnosis that will probably not allow me to work. Yeah. And therefore, if I'm, if I'm, you know, a 22 year old or even a 25 year old, and maybe I already have a child or maybe I have, you know, responsibility with a car or a mortgage or whatever it is. Now, none of that can be taken care of because now I'm not working. Now I'm taking time off of work. So that's the power of living benefits. The living benefit would allow this 22-year-old to be able to tap into that death benefit and continue to live. And the beauty of that is that all of that money is tax-free. So if somebody gets diagnosed with cancer at the age of 22, um, whether it's, it's, you know, severe or mild, whatever it is, you know, if he's he or she is due to receive is asking for i'm sorry a hundred thousand dollars that hundred thousand dollars comes in the mail uh tax-free oh okay so yeah yeah you know what i mean so that's the power of living that is that changes the entire game now it's not back like you know where parents or grandparents used to have life insurance and only only the wealthy would get it because it was just for when you were dying and they were just thinking of yeah. the wealth and the yeah, legacy yeah. they were leaving leaving behind now it's more than that yeah now even you know an 18 year old should have life insurance yeah. because anything can happen at any time. Oh, for sure. You can, you know, these life insurance companies now give you the ability to, to tap into the death benefit. If you lose two of your six ADLs, ADLs are, you know, activities of daily living. Uh-huh. So our activities of daily living are that getting dressed, going to the restroom, you know, feeding ourselves, brushing our teeth, things like that. So if you yeah. lose two of those, 
then you also can tap into the death benefits. So wow. again, you know, it's, it's super, super important now to be yeah. able to have to, to, you know, to protect yourself against some of these things that can happen. And the least costly is the one that says term, right? Is right. The term, the term yeah. There's, yeah, that's the most inexpensive way to get coverage. Yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of options when it comes to life insurance. It really depends on the client's goals. For sure. Um, but if we're talking about just, you know, hey, I need coverage. I don't really have anything. And this is what I need. Or just at least protect yourself from something like this. Yeah. Yeah, terms are is the way to go. And I know like a lot of people um, that already work for um, like big companies, corporations, mm-hmm. they get the life insurance with them. But I think a lot of people don't understand how much they actually get. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I yeah. didn't, you know, and I looked at it and I'm like, wow, this ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, let's, uh, let me get another life insurance policy going on, you know? Yeah. Uh, that has pros and cons pros always. Because, I mean, you... What are the chances that you will definitely retire with that company? Uh, for a lot of people, like they're likely not anymore. right. For a lot of people, it's it's a, you know you're not going to retire with that company. Yeah. So you know the risk that you're running on. People might say, "Yeah, this is where I'm going to retire, and that's great." But even when you retire, you you don't take that policy with you. Mm-hmm. You know the policy stays. And then also too uh, with corporations and all that, people that like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna retire here, right? But then things change. Things and it's change, like, yeah. hey, you know what? You don't have that choice anymore. Yeah. You might be just like, oh, yeah. it happens. Yeah. It does happen yeah. a lot now. And now you find yourself uh, sometimes maybe older and sometimes maybe with a health condition that, uh, you know, enables you to get coverage somewhere. Yeah. So I always, the younger you are, the, the, the sooner you want to jump into yeah. to protecting yourself in a life insurance house. I, I believe that, especially like in the Hispanic community, we don't think about this kind of stuff. I'm sorry. I mean. We don't. It's just like, we all right, we're just going to work hard, hustle, hustle, hustle. And then next thing you know, it they get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of us do labor job, you know, and boom, throw your back. You can't work no more. Yeah. Guess what? What are you yeah. going to do now? Yeah. You know, you know I, I forgot to mention this, but when we were talking about 10 years ago when I was in corporate and, and, and what really kind of, you know, made me decide this is exactly where I need to be. I need to be doing something like this and sharing these, sharing the possibilities of how you can protect your money, protect yourself and really sure. kind of leverage your money and assets. So, yes, the majority of the reason was obviously the fact that I came from from a business owner and I wanted to do this uh-huh. and I wanted to share these and learning you know what we can do but the other big part of it was you know 10 years ago learning that my dad had no money saved you know and that was never a conversation at home yeah it was never like let's sit let's talk about it hey by the way what are you doing with your money hey there was never a conversation uh again i you know i thank my dad so much because he taught me the 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 traits of of working hard and and you know not being afraid of selling and doing your own business and things like that but money was never something that was spoken about mm-hmm. it was never like this is what you need to do honey or this is what you shouldn't do it was, that was never the case it was just work 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 make money yeah and so obviously 10 so obviously at this time maybe being in corporate this is 10 years ago i come to the realization that my dad's getting sick and then we're talking about like well you're okay right you can probably start working and no, because I don't have any money. So my dad didn't really have any money saved. Yes, he owned a home, but he didn't have any money saved. It was yeah. kind of like paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so what happens is he uh, eventually has to uh, leave work because he can't, you know, he's, he has a bad knee or bad knees actually at that point. So in 2011, finally, he just has to leave work. He can't and has to retire early with Social Security. 
wow. taking a cut of 25% of your social security if you access it early. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know. And he had no choice. And he had no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had no choice. If you would have waited to retirement age, he would have had the additional 25%. But because he has no choice, he has no savings, he can't work anymore. Guess what? Now he's getting a cut of 25% of his social wow. and having to just live off his social security, which yeah. is not a lot. Yeah. So that in that just was the reason that I just thought this there's no there's no way that we can work this hard and end up with nothing. Yeah. Cause the home is great. And I, and I truly believe in real estate. I do. I think that's an important part of anybody's portfolio. Um, and it can, it can make you very wealthy. Absolutely. But it shouldn't be the only thing you're counting on. Cause here is a man that works really hard that owns a home, but unfortunately, uh, cannot necessarily go break a wall off the house and have $10,000 in his hand. Yeah. You know, uh, at the end of the day, he owns a home and it's up to the bank to give him money or not. Yeah. At any point in time. Yeah. So it's so while it's a great investment, if he's only counting with that one home and has nothing saved, has no liquidity, has no retirement buckets or anything like that, or any other investments, he's out of luck. Yeah. You know, he, he really can't do much. And and I think the sad truth is that a lot of people end up in that situation. A lot, right? a lot, unfortunately, yeah. because they're not, you know, they're not, they're not uh, educated on what are some of the tools that are, that are accessible to them. Yeah. And they can, a lot of times, you know, our Hispanic people are, we're very hardworking and, and a lot of people, not just our yeah. Hispanic community, obviously we're referring to our Latinos, but um, all any, all, sure. in, all individuals, all races, all, in, any background, you know, we have hardworking people that have the ability to save money, that have the ability to put it somewhere else. But two things happen. One. Either, you know, it's the procrastination. That's the number one, like, killer to our money. The procrastination of, like, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And then the other thing, I come across a lot of clients that just get overwhelmed and confused. And they just don't even know where to start. Yeah. They want to start. Yeah. And they have the ability to start. But they, you know, they ask here and then they get one one piece of information. And then they ask to someone else and they get a different piece of information. And then they go online and they get a different thing. And so now we have information galore. We do. There's a lot know? of information out there. A lot. For sure. For That's, sure. We don't know that the, the, the information is not what's lacking. Yeah. You know, really what's lacking is finding somebody that you that you feel comfortable with and that mm-hmm. you want to, and that you want to be able to move forward with that person that's really what it comes down to yeah. it comes down comes down to that and so you find i find a lot of people that are just like well i've been wanting to but i just haven't because i just don't know where to go i just don't know yeah. i haven't found anybody or i haven't and so it's sad because now their time is being wasted yeah their money growth is being you know being stalled because oh, they, sure. they haven't found anybody and now they're being overwhelmed and you're always going to be overwhelmed if you're searching there for, for something. It happens all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Just Absolutely. Like, it was never a perfect time for me to set up an appointment <laughs> with you. I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's just, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to, I'll figure it out yeah. later. You know what I mean? So I think, I think that's like a... And pulling, just the trigger, and pulling the trigger, trigger, you know, just pulling like, trigger. you know, a lot of clients have sat with me too. And then they, they get the info and they're like, okay, well, let me think about it. And, you know... It doesn't, sometimes it takes six months, sometimes it takes a year for them to finally move forward. Yeah. But, you know, that, that time is precious time. The older sure. we get, it, every every month that goes by is precious time for us and our money. For sure. Yeah. If, if someone was trying to uh, set up an appointment with you, Nayeli, how can they reach you? They can reach me, uh, they can reach me through my website. Okay. So my website is very simple. It's just my first and last name, NayeliVaisteros.com. Can you spell that for the people? <laughs> Um, N-A-Y-E-L-I uh-huh. that's Nayeli and then Ballesteros is B A 
L-L-E-S-T-E-R-O-S. Okay. Just sounds Perfect. like I just gave you the entire alphabet, huh? So, NayeliBaisteros.com. I'm in social media. I'm on uh, Instagram, Mrs. Nayeli Baisteros. Okay. Uh, I'm on, you know, Facebook. Sure. And so, yeah, there's, there's you know, my website and yes. my phone number on, on all those sites. Various ways to reach mm-hmm. her. So, pl- please do. I yes. did. So, uh, speaking as a client of yours, I'm very happy with the services. <laughs> I actually really am. I sat down with you. You were able to break everything down for me. And I was like, okay, cool. I understand it. You know? So I really appreciate that. We still got to sit down and figure some more stuff out. But, you know, my business is finally growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm eager to keep working with you. Yeah, one appointment is not going to be, you know, the the last time that I get to sit with my clients, especially when it comes to growing your money and protecting your assets. That's uh, that's something that every year we will sit down and we'll review okay. where you're at, what has changed. Um, that I think that's one. That's why I love the investment portion of it, sure. uh, more than just the life insurance portion of it. Because the life insurance, I can just sell my client a life insurance policy, and if it's a term, it's a thirty year term or whatever. I don't really, you know, there's no need to just keep coming back and yeah. revisiting that particular policy. But when it comes to something more like it's an investment, yeah. you know, a solo four hundred one k, a set IRA, an annuity, or you know, anything that that we're talking about investment, I love it because those things evolve, those things sure. change. As you know, as you're growing, as your business is growing, uh, there there will always be maybe changes, different structures, and th- you know things, different plans that we might incorporate, things, plans that we might leave. Sure. Uh, so I love that portion of it because it always keeps me connected to my clients. Definitely. Yeah, and it, and I and I love being able to see the growth, being able to see the change, being able to know that hey, there's there's something great that they're doing, not only for them, for their future, for their family. So for I love sure. that. Mm-hmm. And for uh, a person like myself going, you know, I, I still work the WT. My, my, my whole shift concept is going from uh, WT to 1099. Mm-hmm. Now I've actually changed it. I don't want to be 1099. I want to be corporation, mm-hmm. right? So 1099, you get taxed like crazy. But anyway, yes. so someone going from uh, from employee to possibly be um, having to own their own business, mm-hmm. uh, what, what, what kind of advice would you give me um, in making that jump? And 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 going from W two to ten ninety nine. Yeah. Um. Well. Was it ever scary for you? No, because I already I that had already started that way. Yeah. So it never it was never scary for me because I started so young. Yeah. yeah. Being an entrepreneur and living off of you know my my it wasn't even ten it wasn't even uh you know 1099s from a company it was my own so it was it was checks it was cash from my stores it was so you know i was very i was very confident with that already um as an entrepreneur anybody that's in sales or an entrepreneur will tell you that especially like manufacturing companies and sales like that will tell you that they'll they'll always have you know cash in their pocket and that was that was a great thing you you always have this constant like you know trade of sales and so uh, I was never afraid of that. So it was never leaving corporate was never okay, do I can I do it? Can I not do it? Don't get me wrong, once you're in corporate, it's very comfortable yeah. to have that pay. I mean, I was very blessed to have a very good pay, sure. especially being in the position that I had. Um I was, you know, at that time I believe I was making sixty-five dollars an hour. Oh wow. You know, and this was back in two thousand nine. So I, you know, I was very, very blessed. Uh, to to be in that position so that was very that was probably the only thing it wasn't the fear of oh now I'm gonna be 1099 it was more the comfort I was really comfortable gotcha I was really comfortable and 
And as you know, a business as a business owner or as, or anything in our life that we want to try, comfort is not the way to to yeah. start anything anything yeah. grand. You know, our comfort unfortunately prevents us from from making and deal and doing great things. So I was very comfortable, but I, that was something that was probably the hardest thing for me, just leaving the comfort of you know, coming into the office from eight to five and then leaving and then having all this free time. I knew that leaving that was going to go back to how it used to be when I yeah. had my own business, which was all day long. People think, oh, now that I'm going to go into my own business, you know, I'm going to have my own business. I'm going to work yeah. so much less. I'm going to have so much free time. Probably not. But it's not the case. Absolutely yeah. not. It's it's just in a whole different, it's in a whole different aspect that you sure. have free time. Okay. So, no, I never had the fear. I, I would say that's the number one thing that you could remove from your mindset is the fear. Okay. Cause the fear is what's going to not let you make the right decisions. The gotcha. fear is what's going to, the fear is what's going to stop you from, you know, taking risks. The fear is what's going to stop you from making certain, certain, you know, taking certain steps to give you, to get you to the next level. So fear is the, 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 the one enemy that's going to prevent you from success. Sure. So I would say probably just not don't fear. Are you going to fail? Sometimes you're going to fail. Are you going to mess up? Sometimes you're going to mess up. Are you yeah. going to wish you would have made a different decision? But that's the beauty of it. And that's the best part about being a business owner, that those things that you come across, whether it's a fail, whether it's a bad, bad decision, whether it's, you know, I should have taken that opportunity. All these things are we going to teach you you know, the teach you and get you to the success that you need. That's what's, that's what, that's where the growth happens. There you go. That's where the growth happens. You know, don't the, fear the growth, baby. No, the growth happens in, in getting and falling and getting up. That's when yeah. the growth happens. The growth happens in, in failing in something or, or not, you know, not making the right decision and then learning from that. Gotcha. Uh, absolutely. So I would say just, you know, don't, don't fear anything. Just don't fear anything. Go into, you know, your business as if, no one was ever going to say no to you as if there is no failing in sight, um, as in, you know, this is going to happen. Believing that is what's going to make you successful. That concludes our show for today with Nayeli. I appreciate you guys listening to the show. Um, if you guys got anything out of this, please, please, please hit the subscribe button. Um, and you know what? Take a snapshot of the uh, the episode. Tag me in a yelly. Let, let, let us know what you guys think about it and uh, kind of give us some feedback. Um, really, really, really humbled for you guys that took the time and uh, listened to the episode. Uh, this is The Shift. This is my podcast. And I look forward and growing with everybody. So stay tuned for more podcasts coming up. And I really appreciate your guys' time. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is Oscar Andrade. And this is The Shift.